Welcome to our Kiss Me, You Won't Regret It podcast, where we will talk all things marriage in a real, raw, and relevant manner. I'm your host, Grant Johnson. And I'm your other host, Joan Johnson. Laugh, reflect, and join in on our Christ-centered conversations. This is Kiss Me, You Won't Regret It. Well, Joni, we made it. We made it to our second podcast. I can't believe it. This is further than we've ever gotten. We got our first podcast in the can. We're very, very excited for that. Uh, But we want to first thank you, the listener, for number one, listening. Mm -hmm. We love that. Uh, Number two, for the feedback. The feedback was very, very valuable. And we'll try to, and we listen to it all and we read it all. And we'll try to... uh, adhere to it yeah it was good it was good and it's very true this is the furthest we've got been gotten got i don't know what word it is that's terrible i should (laughs) i'm I'm a bit of a grammar nerd but anyway i will say the other feedback that you get is when you listen to it yourself and um you you listen to yourself and you hear yourself and you always think that does not sound like me i think most people feel that way kind of cringe when you hear your voice so yeah we did a little bit of that but also I was super critical of myself, which I know we always are more critical about ourselves. But as I listened, I realized how fast I talk. And so I'm going to do my best to not speak so quickly. But I know that will be tricky because when I get passionate and excited about things, I know my voice just kind of goes and rambles. And along with the rambling comes some ums, which I'm going to try and work on as well. But that is going to be tricky because, again, passion and energy, and I just kind of get going. So one other thing that I just want to address because it really got on my nerves on my own self is I referred to COVID a couple times as the COVID. And there's a bit of a running joke with myself and a friend of mine. We've been saying that the old people have been calling it the COVID. Um, Have you heard about the COVID? Have you had the COVID? And I didn't mean to call it that. I was actually just referring to the COVID videos, but I kind of cut off the word video and I just kept saying the COVID. And I I know it's not the COVID. I know it's just COVID and I'm really not that old. So I just wanted to address that. I do know it's just COVID. So anyway, that was just my own personal pet peeve on myself. And what's another piece of feedback, Grant, that we got that we were going to really kind of focus on too? Yeah. So as we listen to and read the feedback, one piece of feedback came back consistently uh, that you liked, and that was the question and answer, the off-the-cuff kind of pull-out-of-the-hat question and answer period uh, that we did. So we're going to not, uh, we're, we're going to continue that, yes. uh, but we're going to just kind of have a condensed version of that moving forward. Rather than having a half a show on it like we did to introduce ourselves in the first episode, we're going to have two questions. I will ask one. Joan will ask one, but we're both going to answer each question. Right. So you go first. Do you have a question? Pull it out there. Okay. I will pull out the first question. And this one is, which celebrity or non-celebrity do you wish you could trade lives with? Hmm. Interesting. Well, I think we've talked about this even just a few weeks ago. I think we were talking about royalty. And the only reason I would say that it would be cool to trade places with royalty. This is the shallow side of Joan coming out. 
But we just, we were joking one time that must be just wildly crazy to go anywhere. Like you probably don't even have to take your wallet with you. You probably just go everywhere you go. It's just like the queen is coming or the king is coming or whomever it is. And you just kind of go places and everything is kind of taken care of for you. And anything you want, have, and, and I mean, you've done nothing to to deserve it. You really just have been born. Like, Like, that's just crazy. We talk about these, the new up and coming princes and princesses in the, in the, British royal family that have just been born and they, they don't, and when they're little, they don't even know what they've been born into. I just think that'd be kind of cool. And um, yeah, I think that'd be kind of a fun place. Like I said, that's a little shallow answer, but that's for fun. That's my shallow answer. Well, and I would, I would back up your answer, uh, knowing you for 30 years and being married to you, you have uh, two things that would go along very, very well with oh. that particular job. My prim and proper. Uh, well, low maintenance. <laughs> Oh, uh, so okay. they wouldn't have to. Uh, so they wouldn't have to spend a lot on that. They would probably have to cut back on a little bit on their budget, <laughs> budget because you're you're very low maintenance. <laughs> and the second one is a big one: sense of duty. Oh, and okay. as you know, yeah. and as I watch your parents, of course, but as I, as I watch your yourself and your brothers mm. over the last thirty years, yeah. whenever we're in a, an event or whenever we're together as a family or whenever there's stuff to do or you know whenever like when your father died and you guys were. We're greeting everybody in in that line, and um, I just looked at the three of you and, and just this sense of duty. Right. Yeah. Um, it was just such an important. He had such your father had such a incredible impact on so many people, and yet you guys were just so strong and standing there. And I'm going, oh, that must be so hard. You just lost your father, but just that sense of duty because that's what Albert would have said. Right. Albert would have said, "You guys stand up there and do your job. Do your job. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And and okay. and so that that's why. I, I think that's a perfect answer for you. Not everybody would know that, but okay. I, just, well, you just, I just filled you all in. Okay, and you took my shallow answer and just made it a bit deeper, so thank you for that. I yes. appreciate that. <laughs> we always fight about who's deeper in this relationship, oh, yeah, and I talk. think uh, I'm up <laughs> nine you're, to eight. <laughs> okay, we'll take that score. Okay, Grant, how about you? Who would you trade lives with? Well, my celebrity, well, he's he's a celebrity, but it could be anybody, but it would definitely be Roger Federer because oh, number one, um, not a lot of people know that tennis was clo- very close to my first love right after baseball. No, Glenn, uh, Uncle Glenn, it wasn't soccer. It was uh, baseball and tennis and then soccer. And so, uh, but it, it's not necessarily his fame. It's not necessarily his fortune. Uh, uh, those things are nice. But again, I'm fairly low maintenance as well. And uh, it, it's more more his day-to-day I really admire anybody who's at the top of what their craft is. Sure. They're, 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 they pay attention and they're, and they're ap- absolute students of their craft. Mm. So no matter how great they get, they're the ones that are always getting greater. Have you ever noticed that in any yeah. sport or, yeah. or any industry? Mm-hmm. It's the great ones are always the hardest workers, yeah. always the ones that pay more attention to detail. Yeah. And I mean, you could, in the tennis world, you could pick... Um, uh, Rafa Nadal, or you could pick Novak, Djokovic, the top three. But you have always right? liked Federer. But He's I've always liked Federer. Classier, more yeah, humble dude. because of his because of yeah. his his demeanor and his and his and his and his love of the game more so than 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 Djokovic or, or the Nadal. The money, yeah, yeah, that's good. And I, uh, yeah, and he Grant, no word of a lie, has watched Wimbledon. 19, no, I don't know if it's 1990, maybe 2019. Yeah, 29, the 2019, 2019 final. He's, he's recorded it and watches it I don't know, almost oh, every week. yes. I always come in and I'm like, oh, who's winning? And then I realize it's the same game. Six hour <laughs> match, match and uh, do, do not tell me who wins. Okay, yeah, I never can give away the answer. Okay, one more question quickly. Oh, if you could be any type of animal, 
What would you be and why? Can I let you answer that one first too? Oh, really? Definitely. Okay. Well, I'm going to say dog. You know, they have the dog days of summer, the dog's life. You know, it's pretty, dogs are pretty uh, chill. They're, they're, they're very um, loyal. They just lay around all day and alert you if something's coming and they, and you feed them and you water them and you take them, you take them to the bathroom. I mean, you know, they don't really have much to do. I think, and I love dogs. And so they are, they love dog. their master. And they love their masters. And so again, that goes to your low maintenance and your sense of duty. <laughs> okay. Both okay. answers. It's okay. perfect. All right. How about you? Uh, me, I would like to be, this hasn't always been, but ever since I met my friend who was a wonderful uh, leadership uh, training coach, uh, I want to be a lion. Oh, yes. I want to be a lion. You know, okay, whenever you go a, to his house, you see the lion yep. and the lion and the lion. He just roars. And I've always wanted to be, and stri- well, strive is bad for, for, for a Christian man to say because we shouldn't be striving right. if we have the Lord. But I strive. I still sure. strive uh, to be that leader, that uh, person who's not just um, a soft leader who wants to hug and, and uh, coddle and do those things. I want to be, I want to be a strong and sensitive leader well and I also and also the lion is the king of the jungle and and oh, we we refer yes. lots to you know the king and the position yes. in our home as the and head we of talk our about home. the so king and queen good. in like our home and you're my beauty queen i like yeah, that right and you're my lion king yeah the lion king yes hmm, there you go good ones those are fun those are a little bit more light for us that's good okay so we are going to now transition into um uh, we're going to start in our story. The journey of our podcast is to share our journey of our lives and the way that, how we started, where we in the middle and where we're at now. And so we're going to start, I don't know if there's many uh, Sound of Music fans out there, there probably are, because it's a classic. But in one of the songs, Julie Andrews says, let's start at the beginning. It's a very good place to start. So we're going to start at our beginnings. And Grant's going to go ahead and start with his Humble beginnings. Okay, let's start with birth. Uh, I was born in June of 1967 in New Westminster, BC. And actually, for those who don't know, Joan and I are only a day apart because she was born on June 17th, 1967. What time are you born, Joan? I was born at 6 a.m., but in Alberta. You were born in BC, so there All was right, a bit so, of a time. Yeah, so different provinces, different time zones. But we do know that at the very most, we were born a day apart. We could be hours apart. Yes, but for sure we know that I married an older man. Yes, you got an older man, not a taller man. Yeah, that's okay. One out of two. One out of two of my wishes isn't bad. (laughs) (laughs) So my parents were uh, actually married when I got born, when I was born, and when my sister was born. Uh, In October 1962, they were married. My sister was born in 1964. I was born in 1967. Sadly, though. Sadly, very sadly, my parents were divorced in 1968. So were you one or not quite one? Or Yeah, I was one? probably not even a year old when they got well. divorced. So I've never seen my parents together. Uh, that could be a good thing because quite frankly, between you and I and all who are listening, I don't know how they lasted five years. From what you know now, from what yeah, you saw. From what I saw years. for the last 40 years, 50 years, uh, just their general interactions and the fact that they did not want to be in the same room together. So we were back and forth. Uh, my sister and I were back and forth between my mom and dad uh, in 19, uh, starting in the late 60s. And then by, by 1971, something very rare and unique happened. My father actually won sole custody as a single father in 1971 in those BC courts. Very That's, rare. Yeah, very, very rare. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how he did it, but uh, 
my dad was a single dad for all those years uh, growing up. And I just can't imagine how difficult it would be in 1971 to Mm -hmm. be a single dad. I know how difficult it it is today and since the 80s and and up until now. It's gotten a lot better. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine how bad it would be? Just the culture in 1971 trying Mm -hmm. to deal with that. Mm -hmm. So because of all these things and my difficulties that my father faced, my grandma and my grandpa... Uh, his parents stepped in a lot and did the day to day. Then my aunt, my aunt and my uncle also stepped in and gave us a home. Uh, we stayed there a lot, and 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 they did all the day to day, just the legwork every single day to my sister and I. And I'll never, never stop appreciating that. It's that's not an easy job either, and I and I really really appreciate them. They took great care of me, Joni. Great care. That might be an understatement. I mean, Grant, you were spoiled. Let's let's be honest. You were spoiled. Your grandma and your aunties spoiled you. Wow. And knowing Grant's story, of course, now I, I totally appreciate that he had these women in his life. They were great influences and examples of women for him. And so I'm grateful for that. But they, they did spoil him. They did spoil him pretty rotten. And I consider myself a fairly good cook. I think Grant would concur with that. However, there's one thing that I cannot master is Auntie Audrey's porridge. For whatever reason, I can't get those ratios, brown sugar, porridge, um, milk. I cannot get them right. (laughs) You shouldn't feel too bad, Jody. Nobody before you and nobody after you is going to be able to perfect that. Yeah. So now I just put the porridge in front of him with a bowl of brown sugar and milk and just say, have at her. (laughs) You do it. And even I can't do it. I can't even live up to it. So thank you, Auntie Audrey. And so that's my beginning. So what about your beginning, Joey? So as Grant said, I was born just hours apart, day apart from Grant in Calgary, Alberta. I was born into a loving, strong um, Christian family. My parents are both strong and committed members of our church that I grew up in. And I have two older brothers. Uh, They're about six and four years older than myself. So I am the third and last child, you know, they say they stop when they've reached perfection. So mom and dad stopped when I was born. So therefore, I am the favorite. We'll say that now. And of course, I was the only girl. So I was treated fairly well. I um, got a lot of special privileges just by being the only little girl. And so, yeah, so again, I was very grateful to have been born into this Christian family. And we lived in Calgary until I was about four. And then we moved to BC. So that was my very early beginnings. And again, having born, been born in the Christian home, I was exposed a lot to Jesus and, and faith. But Grant, how did you come to know Jesus, having born in a family that your dad was um, not a believer? You've- yeah, he was, he was an atheist. He called himself an atheist. And uh, I think my mother did too. So I'm not exactly sure what that means, but it certainly means that uh, I, you just don't believe in God or, or anything. Right. So they weren't, well, so yeah. So how's yeah. your story? How did you come to yeah, know Jesus? Pr- pretty amazing story. When uh, I hear your story, it's, it's pretty, pretty clear how you came to Jesus. But for me, I was in a little apartment building growing up, uh, whatever my dad could afford. It was a tough, uh, tough area, a little apartment building in North Delta. I think it's still there, but it was a place for, for single parents, um, affordable place, but it also had lots of gang activity teen gangs, biker gangs, a lot of uh, immorality and debauchery going on consistently there. And back in those days, of course, we did not have computers or any technology. So boys and girls and kids were outside playing. Mm. So you were exposed to everything, good, bad, and ugly that was outside. Mm-hmm. Um, that's That was tough. But that's all I knew. And uh, so the miracle of the whole thing is I one day saw a man walking through, he's about 25 at the time, and uh 
his name was Bill. I come, to, I came to learn, and he was walking through with a Bible. Mm. One day, I didn't know where he came what was before that, or or even after that, uh, briefly. But he came through there with a Bible, and he came up and talked to me. I think it was kicking a soccer ball against the wall, and he started kicking the ball with me holding this Bible, and it just started talking to me about about the Lord, and eventually. But before the end of that conversation or before the end of that soccer ball session, he invited me to a Bible study. So was it like a Bible study or vacation Bible school? Or well, it, uh, it, it turned into vacation Bible school because it was just before summer. And uh, after I went to this Bible study, which was an adult Bible study because it's all he had available. Yeah. So that was quite, quite intimidating. But uh, after that, I went to VBS, and I, t- I can't remember the church that that I went you know, to, my very first about this church. I can, yeah. I can see it, but I can't think yeah. of the name. Yeah, and I think we've even driven past yeah, and talked about so. it. But Bill, God bless your soul, he took me to this VBS. And of course, after the VBS summer program, I was hooked. Uh, the Bible study was a little tougher to deal with. But uh, <laughs> the fact is that, that, that this man, this angel, mm-hmm. this guardian angel, yeah. was walking through this place of biker gangs and low-income people just there was every problem every uh, malady in the book was in this was in this apartment uh, a lot around that lot and in that apartment and this soul angel just this bright angel walked through there yeah. that's and introduced a 12 year old who did not had no clue who jesus was but i knew i loved him i just didn't know who he was yeah and uh and he introduced me to Jesus, and 44 years I'm later, I'm still talking about it. Yeah, I love that story. And you, I mean, he might have been around, but you didn't see him much afterwards, and you didn't have much influence, obviously, in your home. And so following through on that and kind of staying um, on track as a Christian was difficult because yeah, you didn't not, have the... Yeah, not backsliding. Right. Like, uh, constantly, we talked about that in our story a few years ago, how I would constantly backslide. Yeah constantly backslide. I just, I wanted it so bad. I would just fight for just constantly striving and then always backsliding to my, well, to my you, default. Well, because to you, my didn't, and you didn't have, you weren't surrounded by. Yeah. Well, my yeah. default, my default was everything that was surrounded, that was surrounding me. Right. All the, all the immoral stuff that was going on. Yeah. That's all I knew. Yeah. That's all I knew. And so that's where I'd always go back to my default, yeah. but always go striving for Jesus. So when we got married, I brought that into our marriage. You had lots of expectations as a godly woman. Right. And and so my in my journey with Jesus, like I said, obviously having grown up in a Christian home, I was exposed to that my whole life. Yeah. But my actual personal relationship with Jesus started when I was ten years old at um, summer camp. My whole group of girls in our cabin, we went forward one night, and we all as a group accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And so that's where my journey started. And I remember actually that night uh, calling home from camp and talking to my mom and telling her what I had done and asking her. Um, if my brothers had actually made that decision because I wanted to be sure that they'd be in heaven with me as well. So even to this day, that still mm. honestly gets into my yeah. my soul. And I just, yeah, I just was so excited, but I just wanted to make sure that my brothers were going to be going to heaven with me. <laughs> that so, is awesome. And that is so sweet as I look at you, how emotional you're getting yeah. over that. And that's all these years later. Yeah. And then of course I went home to, again, a Christian home and I was raised in the church and I had wonderful youth support, youth leaders and youth pastors who journeyed with me through my teen years and supported me and our church yeah. as a whole. I just surrounded by a community of believers. So I was very, very fortunate yeah. that way that I was yeah. able to well, and at the end of the day, so was I because I married you, a godly woman. Right, but yeah. in those early years, I mean, you you, you struggled a little yeah. bit more. To well, we we had that, different different environments, but 
common thing was we both had a big heart for Jesus. That's right. Yeah. And so that's, that's just the beginning of our story. That's, um, we want to just share, like I said, we're going to just break it down. We're going to kind of take some time to break things down as we go through this and just share so that you can see a little bit of where we come from and, uh, the things that we've had to overcome and how we've been able to do them. And as we close out our podcasts, we want to be able to share from the scriptures. We want to be able to import God's truth into into our stories and into our lives. And so today, as we close, I'm going to read from Psalm 139, verses 13 to 14. And they say, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Yes, Joni, God has formed each one of us and placed us in the families that we're in for a purpose. And as you hear from both of our stories, we can come from different places. And some of our journeys are much more difficult than others. But good, bad, easy, or hard, God's hand is is always upon us, right? He's always upon us. We just need to be looking, and we just need to trust Him. Mm-hmm. We need to be open to Him, open to hearing from him and seeing him. Thanks everybody for listening this week. I'm Grant. And I'm Joan. Until next time. Joni, kiss me. You won't want Grant.